Welcome back to the PC Perspective Podcast. We are at episode 668. This is being recorded on March 16, 2022. I'm Sebastian Peake. I'm Jeremy Hellstrom. I'm Josh Walrath. I'm Brett Van Spronberg. And you can help support our site by going to patreon.com slash pcper. Support the podcast, distribution, our various endeavors. The PC per art. Arts. Support the PC per arts. Be a patron. That's the whole Patreon thing, become a patron. Anyway, um, we have an update on our patrons, don't we, Brett? We do. Be more like Brian Wilson. Oh, the Be Brian like Wilson? The Brian Wilson. And believe of it or not, Brian Wilson, lying in no, Brian Wilson. No, Brian Wilson, my old like boss. Brian Wilson. Brian Wilson. My Brian, I had a boss named Brian Wilson. Wait, you were so in the that, Beach Boys? I assumed that was him. Uh, that's why no. I thought your face was familiar. No, okay. no, but I did have a boss named Brian Wilson. So I, my assumption was is this was him and he was finally finding a way to c- torture me again. So Okay. Was, yep. He found out, he Goodbye. tracked you down by Googling your name. <laughs> and said, I'm going to torture that this guy S-O-B more. <laughs> now, your I'm old gonna, boss might donate. be one of the few people on earth who know how to spell your last name just because he had to do Ooh. it for like payroll and stuff. Yeah, that's I'm guessing. Or the bad reviews he was giving me. I don't know why. It was oh. everything was fine. And uh, Matt, I, I don't want to get his name wrong. Leah? Lee? Matt? Lay. Lay? Lay. Eh. Lee? Lay? It's L E I G H. Probably a Lee. Mm. Lee. And actually, yeah, Lee. Probably didn't want that right out loud. Didn't want his last name revealed. Sorry, or Matt. Or Brian's. Yeah, but you know what? Yeah. They have the option, just like all the other patron members do, to go in and change their name to something. And if we get an email on that, we'll, <laughs> yeah, we'll change your name it. to "Please do not read my name out loud on the podcast." Mm. I do not want to be associated with it, though. For some reason, Perfect. I do support you. Sadly, yes. that one's already taken. It's at this point Me. every week <clears throat> that we go to Laramie, Wyoming, for food talk. Yeah, eat a basketball. Pretty much. Uh, this was called the March Madness, and it was a little mad, but it was really, really tasty and savoring and tangy. First off, you you start with two patties, two quarter pound grass-fed, locally sourced hamburger patties covered with a layer of queso. And on top of that, they, they put some fries. And on top of that, they put some spicy buffalo sauce. It's the, the four heat one that they have. It gets your attention, but it's good. But layered underneath those two patties is a bed of fresh cut jalapenos. And for some reason, they put lettuce, tomato, and onion on it, which actually worked out perfectly fine. It was a messy burger, but it was a tasty burger. And the fries were a little soggy just because they were, they were trapped in that box for a little while. They couldn't breathe. But, you know, they're warm and tasty. I can't complain. This this was a good, solid burger. And it stayed with me for a long time. And this Friday on the Food Network, you can see Born in a Barn on diners, drive-ins, and Uh-oh. dives. It's all going to go to hell again, isn't it, Josh? Well, I'm saying swarms of people descending on there. Laramie. Well, assuming we're uh, live next week, because they they covered like six different restaurants in Laramie, and they're going to have it in a bunch of different weeks, so uh, nobody's going to know which one to go to. So I'll just go to the one that people are not. That the wise man who would have known that Laramie, Wyoming, had six restaurants that would have made it onto 
this show. Either the guy is running out of restaurants or we're just really spoiled here. AMD has announced some new Ryzen desktop CPU, six of them, and they talked about availability of the new Ryzen 7 5800X3D. Are you guys thrilled about this spring processor update? Did you watch it intently? I did there's watch YouTube the video. video. See, look, yeah. there's Robert Halleck. There's old Robert. Um, look at this chart. It shows you the new CPUs. There's a new 5700X, which is 8-core 16-thread. These are all 65-watt parts, by the way. And here's what's interesting. There is a, a split between Zen 3 and new Zen 2 parts. You've got to hit those price points. So there's mm -hmm. a 5600 non-X and a 5500 rounding out the Zen 3 offering. Then you've got a 4600G bringing a new low-cost APU offering. This is going to be a retail approximately $154. Then you've Low got cost. the Ryzen, Ryzen 5 4500 at 129 and the Ryzen 3 4100 at 99 I didn't mention the pricing. The pricing for the others ranges from 159 up to 299 But the 5800X3D, I was wrong about pricing. I, was, I think I was thinking it was going to be like 500 maybe more. But it's only going to be 449 when it launches on April 20. So you could have that first generation 3D Vcash product as long as you don't want to overclock it. Because I guess it's it's official. There is no overclocking for that. That's got to be, it's a heat issue. We talked about this before. Yeah, we, we actually talked about it last week and it kind of was confirmed that um, <clears throat> when you stack transistors on top of transistors in this kind of solution, uh, you're going to get a bunch more heat and also cash in this case tends to suck up a little bit more power and produce the heat. And so when you add heat on heat, things get... Really hot. Hot, hot, hot. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, the, the Zen 3 was designed from the outset to be a stackable unit. And yes, they used uh, through silicon vias uh, that go to the cache. And instead of going through kind of a controller and some caps and whatnot, you know, it's it's literally very, very short copper traces in between the cache and the CPU as compared to much longer copper traces that you need some kind of filtering at times and caps and power and ground. And I mean, you still got power and ground to the, the V cache, but it kind of cuts out a lot of the middleman and they designed this from the ground up to be able to do this, which is pretty awesome. And it, it, it shows a little bit of foresight that they would be able to implement this on you know, not only just a modern process technology that, that we have available, but there is stacking technology that works. And then thermal stuff that still works. I was going to say, as long as you hard limit it to 1.35 volts and don't allow overclocking, but yes. Apparently yeah. that's all they've tested is up to that point. So if, <laughs> if you've got a good sample, maybe you can go higher as long as you work around... The BIOS limitation. I think you can you can adjust the uh, the north uh, bridge um, speeds quite a bit. I mean, obviously you go thirty two hundred to thirty six hundred, and then uh, if you feel like overclocking that, that goes above. Now the Infinity Fabric has nothing to do with the L three cache. That's all at processor core speed. So yeah, it's kind of a uh, it's kind of cool. Um, you know, even though they they knocked it down two hundred megahertz. 
from the yeah. 5800X at, at main mm-hmm. boost, you, they're still saying you see a 15% increase improvement across, especially games, but you're going to see other improvements in, in other categories that, that will utilize that huge amount of L3 cash. And that's, you know, wait until benchmarks come out and, and see what you're using versus what you have. And would you be better off throwing more cores at it and get a 5900? Or are you better off waiting for Zen 4, which supposedly is at end of summer, early fall? We'll see, but yeah. Yeah. But hey, at least DDR5 prices are dropping like a rock. Yeah. I saw a set of uh, 2x16 for and 5200 speeds for $260 today. Which sadly is a really good deal for DDR5. Yeah, for DDR5. It's not a great deal, obviously, for DDR4. You can still get 32 gigs of 3600 for $154 with good timings. Yeah. You were going to make a point, Brett? It was the price difference between the standard uh, uh, and X3D version of the of the processor was that you know, rumor is, is that's going to be 15, 20% over in games, but the last best price I saw on the 5,800 non 3DX was closer to $300. Yeah, so it's a $150 right premium. Now. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. so a $150 yeah. premium for roughly a 15 to 20% game improvement. So the f- wait, sure. are you saying it's not uh, worth I, it to pay 50% I, more for 15% more performance. Okay. I think that, that I'm just putting that I'm putting that out there just so people can do their own math with it. You know, they're, they're kind of saying this is this is a almost a generational jump in overall performance even yeah. though it's slower clocked uh using the same base technology, but yeah, I don't know. It's you know, I think it is really application dependent. I mean, if you use stuff that will really hammer on L3 and is happy with putting all kinds of stuff in L3, hmm. it might actually perform better than upcoming Zen 4. Yeah, now just because space but, well, is E. It's, that's a tough one because you could take that $450 and just buy more cores on the existing socket. Elden Rings laughs at your 18 cores and only uses two. Yeah. <laughs> Which is kidding? double what some of them did. Speaking of workloads, you can now run Ryzen 5000 processors for your workload on chipsets that they were previously excluded from. And part of the spring update was this quote. In addition to these exciting new processor releases, AMD announces it is extending support for Ryzen 5000 series processors on AMD 300 series chipsets, including all the new desktop processors announced today. Does that mean does not include the previously announced 5800X3D. I don't know. So if support for X370, B350, and A320, I know there was some support on some, was A320 boards before? Yeah, A320, because it's not actually a chipset. It just uses the Southbridge functions built onto your CPU. It's got USB. And SATA supports like two ports of SATA and all those, you know, PCIe lanes. So, yeah, it really isn't a chipset. These could make very good homes for some of these lower lower end chips for very, very capable gaming machines. Oh, God, so, yeah. so don't just blow this off. It's looks like a really good. And 
yeah, if you spend a fair, like a little bit more on a B350 or X370, the features that it comes with are not limited compared to the higher ends. You can get just about everything else you want. Well, the newer boards had better VRMs, but so you might not be able to, to put the hottest, biggest, fattest chips on like X370 or certainly not B350. Why would you? But why would you? But here's the yeah, deal. Exactly. You, you, you got to wait for the motherboard guys to put out yeah. a BIOS. Oh, true. Uh, as was pointed out in the chat, of course, all those boards are limited to PCIe 3.0, but for the most of the gaming community, for people who are not really IO sensitive, you're really not going to notice a difference, even with your GPUs. Intel has a lot of money and they're spending $88 billion to expand into Europe. It's part of their plan for global domination, of course, but yeah. it's an ambitious well, you know, expansion. Here's the, here's the deal is there's just not enough clean room space right now for everybody's needs. So there are going to be multiple new fabs uh, across Europe couple of different places and each one of them will be probably be 10 billion dollars a pop if not more and uh yeah they're they're spreading out production across the globe which at this point in time is a smart thing to do now the problem of course with intel in europe is they got to figure out their power delivery because these fabs take up a lot of power and as you well know Big accelerator memory? Jeremy, tell us more. Just like Emerald Lagasse. Bam. No, too old. I, I, I got right, it. So, no. So I what if it. you got that cranky old slow CPU completely out of the picture? I mean, the damn thing is just holding the system back at this point. And let your GPU talk directly to your NVMe storage. Kind of like what AMD did? Kind of like what AMD did, yeah. Uh, Except AMD had actual physical implementation on their PCB. The, these, this is a university project, Josh. Please, yeah. please don't anyway, talk the sorry. intellectuals. Sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> sorry. But no, they did custom build a Linux kernel and actually have sort of got something working somewhere. But yeah, it, it very much matches that. Except in this case, it's an IBM and NVIDIA doing it. Uh, so obviously their IBM is doing a lot of the software because it is, of course, custom software. And NVIDIA is saying, our HPC cards look even better now. you got to buy them. And damn it, we should get into SSDs sometime. Uh, which, you know, worked very well for AMD when they briefly tried to do that. But it, it's an interesting idea. And it sort of puts the uh, CPU into the uh, traffic manager that deals with everything else outside communication and that, but lets the GPU with its insane speeds talk to an NVMe at its own insane speeds. And they're looking at, you know, some for the stuff that the software is optimized for. It is pretty bloody impressive and is playing catch up to what AMD already sort of uh, has been pushing. So I think it's, it's interesting to see. It's obvious that this is going to become a thing with uh, high performance computing where the CPU is really just too general purpose at this point to actually really participate with the, the fast kids. Yeah. You're sort of good at everything, but we're amazing at this stuff. You, you just go and do your own stuff while we're busy. And then when we're ready, we'll tell you to go tell someone else what we did. That's it's interesting. It's, it's not as shocking as some of the stories seem to have made it out to be because it's sort of been done before, but at the same time, 
it's it's good to see. And Josh, I'm sure your company will be jumping right on this since you stocked up on uh, right, right on it. Yeah, no, uh, I mean, NAND is not nearly as fast as GDDR6, but it sure as hell is a lot less expensive. (laughs) And it's still really fast at 7.4 gigabytes per second. So, yeah, this is a, this is a nice thing for those whole GP GPU guys. Microsoft is testing ads in the Windows 11 file explorer. Is, yes, that finally. It's a horrifying rumor. They didn't mean to spill this. Allegedly, we're yes. know about it yet. I'll scroll down to where this is a bleeping computer article. And the same Microsoft spokesperson has given statements to all the publications out there. Brandon LeBlanc, Windows Senior Product Manager at Microsoft, told Bleeping Computer that, quote, this was an experimental banner that was not intended to be published externally and was turned off, end quote. So <laughs> just just forget about it. Windows Windows should be free. And if you want to make it ad-supported, fine. Whatever. Windows is a service. It is neither free nor expensive. It is merely a service. Windows is As spyware, ads we shove but down your throat. I guess we're all used to spyware apps that also serve ads on our phones. So what's the difference? And speaking no. of uh, File Explorer, tabs. Mm. Now on the macOS side of things, I'm sure Brett can attest to this. There have been tabs for a long time in Finder. Yeah, and I hate them. God, but you can I have tabs in Explorer too, no. starting with Windows 11 tabs. build 22.572. Tabs are good. No. I, prefer, I actually don't mind tabs when it's either that or open up multiple instances of Windows that have to either be cascaded or, you know, sorted around on the screen. I like yeah, to, but I like to drag my stuff across my entire real estate of my entire screen, especially when I had three <laughs> of them. It was so satisfying. I was like, take that USB 2.0 device. Yeah. There's nothing, especially on big monitors, nothing like this motion of like moving it and then moving it and then moving it. To get to that other folder across. Oh, like, it's 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 so satisfying. You feel like you're doing real work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's real. It's that real carpal tunnel that lets you know you were doing yeah. real work. Let's pause briefly to hear from our first podcast sponsor this week. Have you heard of Collide yet? Collide sends employees important, timely, and relevant security recommendations for their Linux, Mac, and Windows devices right inside Slack. Collide is perfect for organizations that care deeply about compliance and security, but don't want to get there by locking down devices to the point where they become unusable. Instead of frustrating your employees, Collide educates them about security and device management while directing them to fix important problems. Visit collide.com slash pcper to check this out and sign up today. That's K-O-L-I-D-E dot com slash pcper. Use your email and get a free Collide gift bundle after trial activation. At Collide, they know end users are IT admins' most significant untapped resources and their key to solving the most challenging to fix security issues, including instructing developers to set passphrases on unencrypted SSH keys, finding plain text backup codes, and teaching end users to store them securely, convincing employees to uninstall those evil browser extensions that may even sell their browser history. Those are just some of the many use cases not solved by just locking down devices. You can try Collide with all its features and an unlimited number of devices for free, 14 days, with no credit card required. Try out Collide at collide.com slash pcper. That's K-O-L-I-D-E dot com slash pcper. We're back so and we're be. going to look at gaming, uh, beginning with a look at the Rift Tracks game, which is coming to Steam. Now, if you don't know what Rift Tracks is, it's basically what Mystery Science Theater but it's it's they they uh, had a split okay 
so Mike Nelson and a couple of his gang went to Rift Tracks, and Joel is, uh, did Cinema Titanic, and then on to uh, the reboot of uh, MST3K on Netflix, and now uh, on the Gizmoplex, which I'm a backer of. So don't listen to me unless you like it. Yeah, so it's a party game. Uh, it's one of those ones where you get uh, a bunch of friends together, or you get them fr- together remotely. So it's up to six players and a dozen people on the uh, audience, and essentially you're riffing a movie or at least movie clips and whoever gets the most laughs wins that hand but they've also managed to and this is amusing because neither side of uh, what became mst3k is particularly uh technologically capable they're they're definitely willing and they want to try but they're not necessarily capable but they've managed to do twitch integration so that not only can you stream your game but the viewers can also have an audience poll which makes it sound a little more interesting if you're sort of good at this sort of thing, where you get six really good guys together and are riffing, and wait a second, isn't this their whole way that they make money? Maybe this is a bad idea, guys. But yeah, I think that it's going to be some a fair amount of fun. The publishers that did it uh, put out What the Dub uh, quite a while back, which was, you know, there'd be a movie with subtitles and then there'd be nothing, so whoever was... Uh, it at the time used to have to fill in the dubbed line. Uh, and so it's, it should be amusing. It's not the first time they've attempted this. And if it's up your alley, then it's probably going to be amusing. Coming out on steam and just about every other platform and it will be cross platform compa- compatible. Speaking of steam, the next title in this lineup Classic gold box D&D RPGs coming to Steam next week. And look at, look at <laughs> yeah. this 16 color pixel art. It, a know, huge death dragon. Well, just describe, imagine a limited color palette, um, very pixelated graphics, someone be riding a dragon uh, skeleton. There's some horse riding. Hey, come on. 440 by 640. Pretty good. Get it? 320 by the 200, nightmare. really, for this. Uh, no, I think that was was late enough. It would have been 640. You think so? Okay. I, I'm 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 not going to count pixels. I mean, it was, it was VGA at the time. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. 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 This looks uh, like EGA to me, but well, that one might be, but Hey, they've promised that, uh, they've, uh, upgraded the graphics a little bit. Why? Why would you want to do that? I don't, I think they've just sort of tried to make the pixels anti-aliased when they're gigantic on a big screen <laughs> there's a couple of feature there's a couple Just of give feature it like a crt too. filter or something that's what we need yes exactly uh forgotten realms the archives I've actually collection got the three one. boxes downstairs cursive azure bonds gateway to savage frontier or was I it the either beholder radiance i've got either be them in the gold box they're a little water yeah. damaged but they're oh. still there I have a couple of them. Yeah, this also too. includes the uh, Ravenloft ones, which were, uh, yeah. I don't you think know, this is why we don't go to Ravenloft anymore, by the way. Well, there's hmm, just saying that joke was, uh, <laughs> yeah, kind of from there. Uh, and I don't think they did the crazy, uh, oh, what was it? The Lost Sun? It's like a totally different planet. Most of your stats could go up above 20. It, it was a little bit wacky for the power gamers. Oh, Kent, dark Kent knows. Sun? It's dark Sun. Yeah, Dark Suns. Lorash, I don't think they did a Spelljammer game, did they? Oh, God, no, they did. Oh, you 
Oh God, they did. It was horrific. Thank you for bringing those brain cells back. Oh, it was, it was almost physically hurt by this. You, 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 you don't remember it or you would No, it was like literally a a box and it's like, you're traveling to another planet and I would go bit, bit, bit. Oh, you have encountered a mind flare craft. There's just like a little dot and there's some numbers going up on the top and there's nothing you can really freaking do about it. It's just sort of automated until you land on the next planet and don't do anything either. Oh, it was horrific. It was so bad. DOS games, especially text-heavy ones, are not necessarily exciting to everybody, but Capcom making a game about mechs fighting dinosaurs, that could be exciting, especially for the Marvel crowd. I mean, you got to have big explosions, uh, street fights. So what is this all about? Exoprimal. Mm -hmm. I I made the observation that that normally you have to do this the other way around. Normally there's like a, a cartoon or an animated series and they might make a game out of it. I expect this to be the other way around. They've made the the game first, then there should be a cartoon or animated series. But my gosh, mechs fighting dinosaurs? Is this the like one of the most juvenile things you've ever heard of? Yet if you watch the video, they are totally serious about this. Completely and utterly invested serious nature. The characters in this are not like not making light of it at all. It is completely serious. Sort of well, makes it fun. a smaller <clears throat> group did, you know, modern weapons versus versus dinosaurs. Uh, what I can't remember what it was called, Omega something. But yeah, it was you were trapped on a uh, a planet of dinosaurs, and uh, you had all these, you know, sci fi weapons. What these are? That this called? is I can't remember. Dino storms. Anyway. So they've got an advanced AI that predicts where the storms are going to be. Look at all these very serious people. Yeah, you could like build a modern thing onto a giant stegosaurus or something. It was Ark. Mm-hmm. Mm. Ark Survival Evolved. Uh, you went back. Was in, it an, you went back one. in time or different. fell into a altered universe in the Ark? Yeah, that was that was you know Minecraft knockoff with dinosaurs. Yeah, and better graphics. Oh well, yeah. Uh, yes, Michael asks. Perhaps it, are we reaching peak gaming when we're reaching for mechs versus dinosaurs? Yes. No, I don't think so. Oh come on! Yes, you never want to. Put a, it's a reach, you, you, but I don't think it's you, peak gaming. Oh, did you never go to like a gaming convention where it was BattleTech versus Godzilla or a Rift versus Godzilla? It was always just. I've a, never been to a one. gaming convention like that. Well. Oh. That's too bad. <laughs> used to- we always used to do spaceship wars. Like we would take spaceships from different genres and different television yep. shows and movies and say, you know, who would win? You know, that kind of thing. This this particular game from Capcom is not actually just purely player versus the, the dinosaurs and whatever. It's actually player versus dinos versus player and with objectives. So there's no co-op plan for this yet, I don't think. But it actually adds a whole other element of gameplay into into this one. What? What what the heck is this? That's a Ryan Prelude. Oh my gosh! And if anyone wants to experience it, I was once by the devs given a ten pack, and I still have two left that I can give away. How much is this? Like ninety nine cents? It's a game. Oh, it's probably free now, but it's yeah. in my library. I've still got two free copies to give away. Specters past return 
to haunt AMD and Intel, featuring some outrageously generic clip art here. Intel was looking into uh, some problems, and they looked, and they said, you know what? AMD is definitely going to suffer from this. So they pointed out that, you know, yeah. <laughs> AMD solution isn't going to be, you know, it's they're also still vulnerable to a specific type of the multiples of specter flaws that exist. And it kind of bit them in the butt as well by realizing, oh, crap, we're also kind of vulnerable to that. And so there were some uh, mitigations put out and uh, Pharonix is as usual is the best ones to sort of do the insane uh, benchmarking and yeah. they could find one benchmark uh, in which you were seeing about a eight to 15% drop in performance on AMD and like a 20 to 26% drop in Intel. Hence, you know, all the wonderful uh, headlines we saw over the past week about how there's a horrible specter flaw that ruins AMD's pro- performance. But this is the one specific benchmark that was the, what everyone went off of and Intel was actually worse off. Yes, that was what I read as well. So if you actually look at the geometric mean of all test results. From yeah, there you go. Theronix, the difference is very small. It's about 1.1 1. 1 mm-hmm. points on their chart. 73.70 versus 74.80. So this is not the worst we've ever seen from Spectre. So hopefully this oh, continues. No. Here's an exciting story for all of you users of TP-Link routers. Uh, according to a story on Tech Power Up, TP-Link may be sharing all of your router traffic with a third party. The poster contacted TP-Link, who claimed that the data was sent to check if the owner of the router had an active service with a Vira or not. But as this article says, requests this, a day. this sounds rather preposterous, considering that it wouldn't require eighty thousand requests per day. Um, that's about once per second. So. Hmm. And it didn't change no matter what option they they selected in the opt-in, opt-out. Are you part of the program? Are you not part of the program? Which had configuration switches. It made absolutely yep. no difference. It, it uh, a couple of callback. Yeah, a couple of people even went for a paid version Yeah, to see if that changed it. And no. No, they just had less money. <laughs> it was still phoning <laughs> home every second. Or, and, well, yeah, phoning home. And these, if you disabled it, the routers got stuck because it, it, it now it didn't get its ping. So now it now it needs to retry it and retry it and retry it. So all of a sudden, the, the CPU usage on it is spot, spiked through the the roof, and nothing is working. And and by disable, it. right? By disable, you mean you actually had a firewall that would block the outgoing connection? Yes, because there was no Absolutely. way to disable it via firmware. So now it gets stuck in a retry loop until it either cooks itself or you admit that, okay, fine, I'll just let you do it. Yeah. It's pretty bad news. Hmm. My only question is, uh, can you run open firmware on those routers? Or do you even oh, trust them well, at all at this point? Open WRT. Yeah, maybe. Maybe a lot of the later ones they haven't been able to do, uh, especially if it's a Broadcom chip, I believe is the one that they've just sort of given up on. Well, that means there's, there's no standardized router. And plus they throw crap in there so you can't run WRT. And it's just, yeah, it was something that, that I was surprised WRT lasted as long as it did because it's not, uh, I guess in some ways, it's it, it makes your product more sellable to a certain group. But at the same <laughs> time, if you want to lock down on stuff, yeah, it's... it's You've uh, lost control. 
Yeah, and that and and of course, if you know, you want to sell stuff to people. You want to sell a further service like PFSense does with their uh, next gen, whatever I can't remember their their hardware group. Um, yeah, you can't you can't do that stuff, and so they they lock it down with stuff you can't get into. It's all black box. It's probably easier to buy something else. Oop. Oop. Something like a UPS. Forget it. Save your money on that fancy new router. Get a UPS oh, gosh, instead yes. because there's no My, way that could be a security better. risk, right? Way just a, much, just, much better. It's investment. just a dumb device. Oh, wait, no. This one says smart on it. Yeah, what could possibly is, go wrong? Well, you know, that's the worst question to ever ask a technician. <laughs> what could go wrong? <laughs> what could, well, let me tell you. Uh maybe, you know, it's a really sort of crappy implementation of uh, transport layer security that uh, offers both a buffer overflow and an authentication bypass. Because that's what you want in your UPS, isn't it? Why not? It's an, it's an it's added value. Ah, it has hidden is features. This, is this just a lesson to stop plugging your UPSs into your network? Yeah, I do uh, not yes, plug... Smart UPS is not, it doesn't have to be smart. You can, you can just, you know, not use smart connect. And that way, when it goes out, you won't find out about it till someone complains about there's a strange beeping noise coming from that closet. All right. Okay. Look, I mean, are you, are you, are you plugging this in your network because you need remote management and what are you remote managing? Are you remote managing like a desktop machine or like a server class machine? A server class machine should have a proper lights out management card in it or something like that. Exactly. You're not, you're not talking to your UPS, you know, as a matter of course. So please don't plug them in your network and just sidestep no. this. No, the IDRAC uh, vulnerability is more than enough for you to deal with at this point. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Long live my IDRAC. My favorite part about this is, yeah. <laughs> my favorite part about this is that it allows you to remotely install firmware. Now, Jeez. I don't know much about the insides of a UPS, to be honest. I've never really played with them. But I'm thinking that if you were to take, like, a, a serious, uh, like, a 1,200-watt UPS, watt-hour UPS, and then flash it to the 5,000-watt, you might have a fire happen. Hmm. If suddenly it thinks that, oh, yeah, I can take all of this throughput, no problem. This wattage is, and amperage is well within my area. Or... You know that you've suddenly just become a 30 amp UPS. You, you're no longer a 15 amp. You're, you're a nice 30 amp. Oh, okay. And, or the reverse, you're a 30 amp going to a 15 and all of a sudden you're receiving 30, but not expecting it. I don't know. UPS firmware doesn't sound like something you want to be corrupted. No. I think it is time to pause again for a word from a podcast sponsor. During this great reshuffle, a record number of employees are considering switching jobs. So now's your chance to try and attract them. LinkedIn Jobs is here to help you connect with the people you want to interview faster and for free. I know that using LinkedIn Jobs has worked for me in the past and connected me with qualified people and hiring organizations. You can create your job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and well beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 770 million people. Then add your job to the purple hiring frame on your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. 
Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and then hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash pcper. That's linkedin.com slash pcper to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. We're back and we're going to talk about something that will be of interest to anybody who was into computers in the late 80s, perhaps early 90s, and remembers the Amiga, the preferred platform for forward thinking people who liked things like, you know, high quality graphics, uh, high quality sound, co processors, multitasking for real, trash 80 people, Mm. real multitasking. Just going to keep kidding on that one. And the, the lower cost A500, that wedge-shaped, you know, with the integrated keyboard. Yep. The A500 mini retro Amiga console, it's, it's, it exists. And it's, it's in some early reviewers' hands. Find some YouTubers like um, Retro Recipes that I have queued up here. That's the one. I'm interested in what the, uh, the teardown reveals well the thing is small yeah i i was disappointed when i realized it was going to be small and it was not going to have a working keyboard like oh Oh. it's just a shell or something no floppy drive it's not like one of those fpga based things i'm guessing well of course it has battle chest and then you can load your own games on it too i know that it takes just usb um thumb drives let's let's uh battle chest was awesome i loved battle chess um wow he has the very first one. Wow. Oh my yeah, god this is, this, this is also the He's only one that that as far it's, as i know yeah i wonder if this is oh, final that's... i don't see any letters on those keys maybe this is not the final version it may be unpainted what is, what is, my the, gosh. What is the floppy button do uh, it ejects it nothing maybe you have oh, to uh, oh. your own decals <laughs> okay remove okay. the decal using oh, a screwdriver come on. Yeah, we've done that before motorized screwdriver so much talking yes get to it good open Lord. open it he's got to tear off the number doesn't he he's he's mad no, just, what just, mad? just go halfway through go halfway through or something oh it was just a tease it was literally he didn't show the inside oh. come on oh okay what a waste of time anyway yeah, well, Bring but it wasn't those... though, because Why? I got made to make fun of the Sinclair uh, ZX uh, reboot and how the Atari VS VCS turned into a complete and utter crap show. So yeah, uh, that was more why I posted it, and the fact that hey, these guys actually within a year and a bit have produced one model and sent it out to people. Well, I hope it has a Super more. Agnes inside. It should you need all? I don't who, know. Who's you, need all, you need a full one megabyte of chip RAM. That's all I got to say about that. Mm-hmm. Well, hey, uh, you can pre-order right now on Amazon for just one hundred and thirty-nine dollars and ninety-nine cents. I might try get your this. possibly complete A five hundred mini with painted keys and stickers. Looks one hundred and forty dollars. See, now Sebastian, a guy like you, I think you would have appreciated your own keycaps on there and certain decals you could apply and 
I know. I would like that. Hmm. I just wish it was full size. The, the same retro games company put out a C64 in, I think, a full size, didn't they? Or am I completely out of my mind? Oh, uh, do they I still sell it? All this? Actually, no. What am I thinking here? Because the, there was a C64 Mini and a C64, I thought. C64. Let's just C64. Let's see. Well, they've got yeah, a Maxi and a Mini. There's a mini version. Because uh, the, the mini was super cheap. This is $40. I thought there was a full-size one. What There's a Maxi. Oh, Look it's, up Maxi. It's, it's called the Maxi? Yeah. Okay. Try that. Mm-hmm. That's probably already unavailable again. Uh, Currently unavailable. Mm. I want to there are people out there. Hey, working keyboard. Did you see that? Yeah, the keyboard, full size. Yes, I know. That's keyboard. what my yes. whole point is. That the full size one was more expensive, but had a working keyboard, and that the mini was like this forty dollar little, you know, arm based thing. It was an emulator. It was cheap. So I thought when they announced the A five hundred mini, I was excited, and then I realized, wait a minute, it's going to be small. The keyboard is just molded plastic. It's just an and emulator. It's more arm. And it's just more ARM. It's just more emulation, yeah, ARM. which you can do on your PC. Okay. And it comes with faithful-looking mouse and controller. Mouse but as you looks, can see, they're almost the same great. size. Yeah. Almost the same size as the unit. Oh, my gosh, that mouse. And oh the uh, Atari uh, joystick should be compatible with it. Yeah. It's just that, what is Until it, the it. pin <clears throat> connector? Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Another disappointing story. It's all disappointment. Like it's that's pretty 2022. Much. Have you not figured that out yet? All the way down. We can seamlessly transition from that uh, story into this review of a low-profile mechanical keyboard from Cherry. This is the Cherry MX 10.0 N RGB mechanical low-profile keyboard, and yes, it is from Cherry. And Cherry doesn't just make office keyboards. We've we've shown a uh, Cherry RGB keyboard recently, but this one is very interesting because they have this mechanical low profile switch that has found a home in some like high end gaming laptops. I think is what they're kind of like the intent of these switches is. And I will scroll down so you can actually get a look at the switch itself. Here is a graphic of the switch in action. As you can see, it has a rather keyboard action. It has a very shallow actuation point. There's a pre-travel of only Wait, one did, millimeter. Didn't, didn't did, Michelle, did he just do hot Scott? keyboard action? Did he really do that? <laughs> no, no, no. Scott Scott Michaud was one of the first to do the. Uh, yes, he was. The yes. animations of how these things actually mm. work. Yes. Yep. These, these, I hope they're paying him money. The key switches specifically are Cherry MX Low Profile Speed RGB. So these are these are linear switches. They're going to feel similar to like a red or a black, but they're the speed. So like like a silver switch. Yeah. They're linear switches. They have a one millimeter pre-travel. They have a 3.2 millimeter total travel, and they have no click. These are not tactile. Huh. They mm-hmm. are just linear, as uh, the name linear implies of key switches. Uh, moving on. So... According to Cherry, thanks to the successful switch characteristics of the MX Speed Silver, combined with a particularly low overall height, the Cherry MX Low Profile RGB Speed Silver triggers directly and extremely quickly. 35% lower height than the standard height switch, which makes it the fastest switch in the Cherry family. You can read more 
by clicking on links in the article. And here is uh, a look at the RGB. This is the RGB variant of the, the low profile speed, of course. And uh, I will say, I don't like speed switches, but these were, there's something about the combination of low profile, shallow. Um, Depression. Yes. And speed switches. And it was great. And I would, I am a sloppy typist. So I actually, I was writing the review on this keyboard and I was making some typos because I tend to kind of hit adjacent keys slightly. And if there's a very shallow actuation point, I can actually, you know, type those spurious inputs, but that's my problem. Overall, it's, uh, it's, I should mention the build quality of this thing. Didn't even talk about that. It's an all aluminum keyboard and it has the most interesting height adjustment mechanism I've ever seen. So completely aluminum housing, very premium feel, rock solid. It the only complaint I had at all about it was the fact that it's just standard uh, ABS keycaps, which it kind of makes sense once you look at the price point. But uh, back to this adjustment, it's it looks like a laptop hinge, and there's one long aluminum bar that rotates out. And there's uh, rubber feet on each side of it. And you can basically have infinite adjustment because the bottom of the keyboard has a long rubber pad along the front and then these two rubber stoppers on the back. And then any height I chose, the keyboard just sat that way. I don't know if it's meant to be infinitely adjustable, but I what, could position What if you, you get really mad at a game and you start hammering your fist? Does it then collapse? <laughs> I think if you, yeah, if you hammer it hard enough with your fist... You can make okay. it collapse. As you can see, okay. this runs along the entire length of the back of it. It has these two very smooth um, kind of 360 laptop hinges In on this, it. Yeah. It's it's quite nice. I, I was very impressed by the build quality of the keyboard, and I loved the typing feel. The quickness of the switches was very good. You have to want a low-profile keyboard, obviously, but it was kind of like having a high-end mechanical laptop keyboard on your desk. So Nice. I, and it's very, very quiet. It is as quiet or more quiet than most membrane keyboards. So I, I approve. It's $160. So it's on the premium that side, but that, it's, it's all aluminum. <clears throat> so if and you if, grabbed it by one end and smashed somebody across the face with the other, how would it do in terms of damage? Uh, at least a D4, maybe a D6. Let's go to that. Uh, yes, and I hate to say it, but we have now been obsessing over keyboard switches for a decade because this was published February 14th, 2012. Wow. Oh, boy. Yes, here are his little animations. He did so good in those. There's a blue. As you can see, it has a tactile feel because of that little bump in the pre-actuation pre area. MX Browns, which have uh, kind of a combination of that linear and tactile feel. Scott was an artiste. Mm -hmm. well, and the still, reds. Look at, look at how far those puppies depress. The oh, reds. Yeah. What is this, like a 4.5 millimeter travel? Uh, I don't know. Anyway. Enough about keyboards. Please. And our subjective opinions Brett, of put them. put the keyboard down and step away. It is time to move on to picks of the week. Our 100% subjective, completely self-centered take on <clears throat> things that you should buy now, immediately. 
as you okay. listen to this. Wherever you are, pull over and open up your Amazon app. Josh, yeah, take it away. Order it while you're driving. Okay. So originally I chose a piece of hardware, but um, on second thought, I, I thought something different. So this last weekend, went down to Denver with my kids and wife. I haven't done a vacation like that in ages. I mean, it's not much of a vacation. It's 128 miles, but still, it was getting away. And and I got some carding in, which was which was good. Did well. Kids didn't do so good, so I rubbed it in their face. But on Saturday night, we decided to go out to eat, and uh, I I like some you know kind of English cuisine now and then, and they had rather specific beers and single malts there, and we found this place called Pints Pub, and I thought this place would just be <clears throat> absolutely slammed because of the ambiance, the food, the beer, the the single malts, and there was like eight people other than us there, and it was on a Saturday night. And, and my wife was looking to like buy a t-shirt and they're like, well, we, we got to raise some more money before we do that. So here's the deal. Their food was excellent. And for downtown Denver, it was amazingly priced. I mean, what you would pay for just a regular small city, good meal. And it had plenty of food. It was good. They have a bunch of beers on tap, stuff that they brew there. They have something like 250 single malts stacked around the bar and it's a fun place to go to uh-huh. the great and you know what you you if, if you're in the denver area please go to these guys so they can survive i don't understand why they were not packed because everything was great and i can't did, complain did they have a port charlotte five do they know it I didn't have a chance to go through the entire thing, but I had uh, a, a Pandaren uh, mm. gold, which is a, is a, actually a Welsh single malt. It's a Welsh whiskey. I've never had before. Yeah, and uh, it, was, it was good. And I mean, they serve things as they should. They, they actually have, you know, cask ales there with the, the hand crank. And I mean, you don't get as much carbonation and it's warmer, but it's... It's a cask ale. What can you expect? Uh, when when they served me my single malt, they they had a little you know thing full of of spring water for me to yeah. drop in my my single malt. It was it was fantastic, and I hope That's that they survive because it's a great civilized. The ambiance is fantastic. It it feels like an English pub. You walk into the Eagle in Cambridge, and it's. Same kind of thing. A lot of that same stuff. It's it's you know go go support your local business if you're if you're in Denver, you owe it to yourself to go down and and have a meal there and see what you think. Again, it's you know it's not inexpensive, but for Lodo, it's super inexpensive. Excellent. So yet another thing yeah. to do in Denver when I'm dead. Yeah. Why would you have to die Fantastic. to go there? Yeah. It's a good movie. It All is. right, Jeremy. Okay. Pick this Give week. it a name, Jeremy. Give it a name. Things to do in Denver when you're dead. It's it's a good movie. No, it's not a sex toy. Uh, it is a, <laughs> it does get. But you paused. Uh, but you paused long enough for everybody to of think it was. Of course, I did. <laughs> is that a bong? 
I didn't even show you the one-way valve at the top. Oh, oh for no, God's it's sake. actually okay. not. So is that this like the, is... the Chinese finger trap, except for other parts? <laughs> Sorry. Well, that sucks. <laughs> that this blows. can go from suck. She went to from blow. suck to blow. Yes, to to blow. Oh, because the thing is here? that the canned air behind me, I mean, I hate it. It's stupid, it's annoying, and it's, it gets cold in my hand. So eventually I've decided to pick up uh, one of the you know ones that have a built-in pump in it and just blows. But the thing is that what's never made sense to me is that when I do compressed air and I've blown out the machine and there's just dust flying everywhere, is it? not make sense that you could just reverse the motor and suck it in and have a nice little thing to capture all the dust and hold it. So yeah, it, when I bought it, it was on sale uh, and it'll be cheaper in America. Let's see. $80 is a Canadian price, but this thing actually works pretty well. Uh, it blows things out very well. And then you can also, once everything's loosened up, vacuum it up and the one-way seal on it works very well so that it does actually just sort of collect in here and you can just wash it in the sink and away you go it's i i bought one of these before that was about a twenty thousand rpm and essentially it was like wafting a gentle breeze across the dust on my gpu <laughs> which didn't care at all this is 60,000, or so it, yeah, it, it actually does have an effect. And you get to slurp up all sorts of pet hair. I, I highly recommend these things. Because if you're going on with a full on shot back into your system, you're going to have problems. There, there, there are static, there, they, there's going to be some interesting feedback from the fans. You run them the wrong way and they send current back as opposed to forwards. Uh, yeah. I knew a friend that used to complain about his PC all the time, and he used to take it to the gas station. Oh, yeah, no, I just dialed it down to about 40 PSI and blew it out. Yeah, okay, that's that's definitely not going to have an effect on any of the... the did, did you notice any surface-mounted diodes flying out as you were blowing it out? <laughs> I recommend it, though. Brett, what you got? Nothing, nothing quite as as uh, oh, as that. <laughs> <laughs> no, right. nothing nearly as fun as that. Uh, I needed a new form-fitting sunscreen, and when that great big giant yellow ball in the sky finally comes out for summer again, please stop baking your car. Keep it on the outside, but. Get a form-fitting one that actually fits your window better and doesn't leave little edges open and actually goes from top to bottom properly. The Walmart one might be $7. This is going to be a little bit more expensive, so it's going to be close to like 40 bucks or something like that, but it fits perfectly. Get a form-fitting heat shield for your car and keep the sun at bay so that your, your nice car's dashboard doesn't get all cracked and dry and you won't need to lotion it. You won't need to put the lotion on it. Okay. <laughs> but seriously, form fitting wind form fitting windshield sunscreens. All right, for my pick this week, which is back into the realm of PC hardware, well, accessories <laughs> anyway. Uh if you've looked Still at camping. 
large storage recently, you may have noticed a trend. The price has fallen quite a bit. I was looking at this Western Digital Easy Store 18 terabyte external USB 3.0 hard drive. As you know, Easy Stores are famous for you know harvesting semi-professional grade large storage from. And for $299, this is a savings of $217. And I think this offer is good for another day or two. I'm hoping this trend continues because uh, the price on this stuff seems to be falling quite a bit. The prices range depending on, of course, the capacity. 269 for 16 terabytes, 249 for 14 terabytes, 219 for 12 terabytes. And the 8 terabyte is 159. Back in the day, I paid, I think, 169 for a 10 terabyte on sale. So this isn't quite as good. But I mean, an 18 terabyte drive for 300 bucks is pretty much. Uh, That's pretty dense. As good as you're going to get. So, yeah. That's my pick this week. That one, I think, is a Best Buy exclusive, the Easy Stores. It says only at Best Buy. But, you know, it's a Western Digital Drive inside of a plastic box. And eBay. <clears throat> oh, yeah. And eBay for all the harvested drives out of it. Right. <laughs> so that's our show for this week. Thank you for listening and or watching. We'll return again next week, probably, to do it all over again. That's a warning. <laughs>